This episode is brought to you by Tom Hardy making a citizen's arrest. Tom Hardy is one of the most beautiful men ever to grace Hollywood screens, and in recent months, he was noted for making a citizen's arrest on would-be teenage bicycle thieves. Here's to you, Tom. You're beautiful, you're strong, and you're an upstanding citizen. Now on with the show. We are now rolling. I'm going to up this just a teeny tiny little bit. Okay, let's not start. This from NME.com, seven times Tom Hardy was the badass hero we needed. And it's just a picture of him just like smiling, like giving a little half smile wearing a hoodie. Yeah, well, sometimes that's all it takes. He stopped villains in the street, we knew that. When he read the bedtime stories on CBBs. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, It's really laggy. You can do the intro. Like, you can give the... Hello, a, everybody. One year anniversary. This is, this is kind of our one year anniversary. I think it. I think it's um, a little bit l- more than one year that we've actually been, like, since our yeah. first episode came out. But this is our uh, top albums of 2017. I think we're going to put this up on New Year's Day. We discussed whether or not it would be New Year's Eve, whether or not it would be today, a, the Friday, which clearly it's not going to be. And I think we'll do New Year's Day. Nobody's going to listen to us on New Year's Eve. But maybe there will be a couple miserable hungover people (laughs) who need to listen to us just to help them get through the first leg of the first day of 2018. I can't... 2018 just doesn't sound right. 2017 seems advanced enough. 2018 just sounds a little too future. But anyway... um. I'm quite excited to do this. this I'm is, very excited. Th- I, I honestly kind of can't believe that we've made it a year doing this. I don't I mean, like, like we like waited more or less. so... There, we, was, there was some... We dropped the ball several times throughout the year. <laughs> Tom Hardy agreed to get a tattoo after he lost a bet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I knew that. Huh. Okay, stop reading about Tom Hardy. Sorry. Be in the moment, please. Okay. So what were you saying? He lost a bad with exactly, Leonardo exactly, exactly. This is why I'm the superior podcaster. Yeah, I know. Well, it's gonna. All right. So this our announcement it, that it's this, just gonna be on this episode. Like I just said, Jason and I are going to go through all all of the new music we listened to this year. Yeah. All the stuff that we can remember. As I was compiling the list, I kept remembering new albums that I had listened to this year. Like what? Like, uh, I didn't have Arcade Fires Everything now on there for a while. Mm. I didn't have uh, Capacity by Big Thief written down. There were a number that I added, like, on an emergency uh, remembrance. Yeah. Yeah, these are by no means, like, our definitive, like, top five albums of the year. It's more our favorite albums of the year. But that we've happened across. Yeah, but we also have Immaculate Taste, so it's... Probably almost the same Rest thing. assured that everything we recommend on this episode is solid gold. It's true. Yeah. That's fair. Do you want to roll the theme music and then we'll get into it? Yeah. So I think... <laughs> I guess... Uh, oh, that was so gross. I'm so sorry. We've discussed this so many times. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. I also have this dark chocolate Kit Kat. Kit Kat? <laughs> the dark chocolate Kit Kat for our stock stocking from your grandmother okay excellent that we can have um i don't mean there are more we can i was i wiped my one nose. of us can sprint upstairs to get more food like snacks. i know that i wiped my nose like this with my finger so much at work today 
with my grippy rubber glove, and now my nose is just raw underneath, just from going like that throughout the day. Because your nose runs so much when it's cold outside like yeah. it is now. It was Christmas a bit ago. Should we change our theme music for like a year or two? Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's, everybody. The good ship, brother ship. Okay, turn it off. Okay, sorry. I legitimately did not try and do that. You are aboard the good ship, Brothership, the first episode of our second year. We are still, after all this time, the only podcast to cover film, music, music gaming, gaming, literature, literature and snowball races. Pinuckle. Pinuckle? 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 Pinuckle. I'm one of your brothers, Jason. I'm Grant. And I'm looking up Pinuckle. <laughs> Isn't it Pinuckle? I don't know. That's I what I'm looking Pinuckle's a game. Pinuckle's some sort of like... How would you spell it? I'd spell P-E-A-Knuckle. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I would, that's what I would do. How else do you spell Knuckle? Uh, uh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> I just got an Urban Dictionary entry. <laughs> that's never a good sign. I don't sign. think it's spelled that same, the same way. P... Uh... Pinochle? Ah, okay. I thought it was something like... Uh, okay, the... it's Pinochle, so P-I-N-O-C-H-L-E. <laughs> pronounced Pinochle. Yeah, it looks like it. It's That's like, stupid. yeah, Pinochle. Or, or Binochle. <laughs> with, the, with the red tile. <laughs> the it's a trick-taking card game typically for two to four players well, and played with a 48-card deck. It's oh. derived from the card game Bezique? Players score points by trick-taking and also by a combination, a forming combination of cards into melds. It is thus considered part of a trick and meld category, which also includes the game Beloat. Each hand is played in three phases, bidding, melds, tricks. The standard game today is called Partnership Auction Pinnacle. 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 Okay. Pinnacle. So welcome to our uh, album of the year 2017. Our year-end slash year-beginning episode. So what we are thinking we would do is there are a lot of albums that we listen to but are not going to make our top fives yeah. too honorable mentions. We listened to... I didn't count. Like, around 25 let's, albums. Let's see. One, two... I'll go for okay. me personally. One, you go two, for you. three, I'll go for four, me. five, six. Um, and I have to say, I think, frankly, this year was a lot better than last year, or maybe I was just more aware of the music that came out this year. Um, I kind of, just in my mind, I didn't really write it down, but I kind of compared this year to last year. Like, would my number one beat the number one from last year and i feel like the top three from this year and last year were roughly comparable in quality or like as comparable as music can be but i think below there like the number like the third and to tenth best album kind of thing i think we're way above and this beyond year, what we got last year i think this year is a closer race yes um, um although for last year we had cohen and bowie for me who were like by far at the top and then yeah. after that you had bonnie Vare and big thief nick and cave. alex cameron and nick cave Man, what a good year last year was. Too. It was good, but not nearly as good as this year. I it, don't know, David. But Bowie we may not have been as in into the music scene. I think well. from what my notes seem to tell me, I think I listened to around two dozen albums put out this year. Let me count while you talk about all the albums that we didn't listen to. Okay, so a couple albums were suggested. I really, truly did do my best to get around to as many as I could, but. Due to technical difficulties and time constraints, I just wasn't able to listen to all of them. And uh, 
some of these I did like a half listen to, I scanned through, or I heard most of, but I will not include any album on Wait, how many albums did you listen to? Around two dozen. I listened to 25. Okay. Oh, wow. Big man. Um, so I, I'm not going to talk about or review any album that I didn't hear all the way through. So the albums I didn't hear all the way through would be Humans by Gorillaz, Villains by Queens of the Stone Age, Drunk by Thundercat, American Dream, LCD Sound System, Flower Boy, Tyler the Creator, uh, Audible Songs from Rockwood by Fiverr, Reputation, Taylor Swift, Party by Aldous Harding, New Religion by Noah Gunderson. Huge regret on that. I really wanted... Well, I think we listened... Like We listened to some of it and we didn't feel thing. it. We listened to a lot of it, but we didn't finish it. Um... Drones by Muse, <laughs> This Old Dog, Mac DeMarco, Something Like a Storm, Matthew Good, Turn Out the Lights, Julian Baker, After Laughter, Paramore, Pleasure by Feist, and whatever Dawes put out. Sorry, Liam. I thought Dawes put an album last year, not this year. No, they put one yeah. out this year, um, didn't they? I don't know. Check it. So I actually kind of differentiated. Our methods weren't quite the same. I have quick, like, two or three sentence reviews on a number of albums that I did not listen to all the way through. My top, probably my top 15 albums I heard all the way through, and many of them, like, a lot, like, a lot. Like, Arcade Fire, for instance, I've just been listening to off and on all year. Um, and they're not going to be near the top. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of albums, uh, like Joji's album. Actually, I did listen to all of Joji's album. Okay, like, Mac DeMarco's album, where I listened to two-thirds to three-quarters moved on to greener pastures i know it's not gonna be my album of the year yeah i could we're yeah. not here for the 20th best album of and the let's year. be honest you listen to three songs from a mac demarco album and you can review the whole album yeah well i wouldn't okay, know so it looks like they put out uh, an album this year and they did release roll with the punches a single and it's a fantastic like tom petty-esque rock solid piece of songwriting that is sheer gold and it's a fantastic song uh but i didn't listen to so should we jump right into it? Um, yeah, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to go through this list and I want to go and trade my... off? You want to go on yours and then I'll go mine or I kind of gonna... Here's what I want to do. You we want to just talk for the whole show. That's yeah, what you want. We legitimately uh dear listener haven't discussed this ahead of time. Here's what I think. So I have my thing broken up into I think four or five categories of varying size. I would like to do my categories one chunk at a time, which would be about roughly seven minutes of me talking. That's not going to be really... Because... Oh, brother. I have roughly ranked them all from descending to ascending. So if you haven't done the same thing, it's going to be a little bit confusing. I have not done even close to the same thing. I've got everything else, and then my top five with two honorable mentions. So we can do whatever you want. I just thought we could rapid fire go through all these albums and just okay, give like it. really, it. really it. short snapshot reviews from both okay, both of us let's on do what it. we thought of these let's albums. Do it. Can you pour me some tea, Maestro? What are we going to do first? Break open that Kit Kat bar. Really? No. We do that after. When we get to the top five with two honorable but mentions. But then we're never going to have time for more snacks. Yeah, we will. Okay. Fine. Top five with two honorable mentions okay. is going to take us like An the rest half. of the night. Are we going to try and make this shorter or longer? I don't know, Jason. We can't try and do anything. We okay. suck. Okay. <laughs> Such an honest review of our show. Okay. okay. The Killers. Wonderful, wonderful. Go. 
Let me just find it here. Okay. Uh, no, hang on. This It'll... is not rapid fire, Jason. This is not rapid fire. Uh, this is like a musket. Okay. The killer <laughs> is the... wonderful, wonderful. The... Um, <laughs> the wonderful, wonderful was actually like the second to be cut from my honorable mentions. Like it was not that far out, so it would be ninth. Okay. Um, I think it was totally satisfactory, if not revolutionary. It was arguably blander than their past albums just because of its lack of innovation. But nevertheless, I think it's entirely enjoyable as an album. I think it's a fun listen. I don't think it seemed like they phoned it in. But I wish they had been riskier. I wish they had been more creative. It did seem like they just kind of wanted to do the same thing again, and they just did it slightly worse. Um, And I mean, ever since we heard The Man, we kind of sensed that this was coming. Like, it's not the killer's decline, maybe, but they seem to be stalled a little bit and I really hope they don't like free fall with their next album. But that said, I think it is like a must listen. If you like that genre of music, if you like glam rock sort of thing, I call them glam rock. Okay. So what don't you understand about rapid fire reviews? (laughs) That was about a minute. That was not rapid fire. Okay. Say, okay. This is what you're about to say to me. Grant, the Killers, wonderful, wonderful. Go, okay? Can you do that? But it was like my ninth no. out of twenty-five. They get more details. No, 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 no. Up. So Jason, you get one that's fifteenth. Rapid it's be fire like... reviews. You agreed to do this. I didn't know rapid. Okay, Jason, I have like thirty I will... words. For I swear I will beat you with a rubber hose while you. <laughs> Is this sleep. how it ends? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Say okay. Now say okay. the Killers, wonderful. You're not wonderful, making go. more. Okay, the Killers, wonderful, wonderful. Go. Some beautiful instru- in- instrumental and 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 uh, production. Some of their best, punctuated and threaded through by some of Brain of Flowers' worst songwriting. That's true. Okay, what's next? Pretty poopy. Okay, this. Let's go. Play Dead by Mute Math. Didn't listen to it. Okay, so I thought it, I found it still over polished, but the production is still really good. Paul Meany just doesn't have that ragged edge that I need for for a vocalist and. Despite it all, the song Achilles' Heel off the album is fantastic. I actually typically like Mute Math more than you do, too. I really should listen yeah. to that one. Mass Seduction by St. Oh, Vincent. yes. This is my grower Now, hold on. If we... What should we do if I say something like Mass Seduction and it's your number three? I'll just say Would move on. Would you just on. go skip? Yeah. If it was in even an honorable mention. If it's in my top seven, I'm just going to say move yeah. on. Yeah, okay. Um, so at this rate, I actually thought of giving this an honorable mention. I was totally tempted. Um, I think it's going to be a candidate for album of the year 2018 at the rate it's growing. I think it's really fun to hear a musician who has a sound all of their own that doesn't seem like forced. And I think St. Vincent, Annie, whatever her name is, is really doing her own thing. She blends a bunch of genres in a way that's all her own. Her writing is some of the best I've heard this year. Um, Happy Birthday Johnny's a beautiful song. Like She's got some skungunk. But at the same time, I'm kind of torn between thinking that her persona is, like, over-sexualized or thinking that it's just, like, a commentary. I don't know how I feel about that. And I feel like the album could have done with a bunch of tracks being cut. But it's really good. For me, I thought the themes were somewhat tropey. The same old, like, kind of uh, Mm pill-popping, vomit-inducing. There's a song called Pills. Yeah, kind of. And it's just, I found that somewhat somewhat tiring. But great textures, great guitar work when it, you know, appears... A little too synth poppy. It covers a lot of the ground that a lot of people have already covered, but she does it in her own way with style and flair and some excellent songwriting. Like the title track is so good. Yeah. Uh, 
Songs of Experience, you too. Okay, here we go. Uh, I have to scroll all the way to the top because it's my... I placed it dead last. Suck it, Bono. <laughs> this makes me so mad. So, I sat down. I had like hours and I spent hours listening to music and one of the first albums I started with was Songs of Experience. I didn't finish it, not for lack of time, but just because I couldn't bring myself to do it. I listened to the first two-thirds. What happened, one of the great bands of all time, has produced some of the most mediocre music I've heard all year. It's entirely uninspiring in every way. The Edge is mildly interesting. Bono's boring. Larry's boring. Adam's boring. This album made me so mad and unironically sad. I was sad after I listened to this, and I couldn't finish it. Bono's lyrics read like the writings of an alien who's doing their best to sympathize with the human condition. I think I the guy it. the guy is so far removed from what it is to be an actual human being living in the real world that his songs have lost all relatability. He has this clumsy, awkward style that doesn't mesh well with melodies, but also just isn't clever enough to make a go of it just off of the strength of the words themselves. Just think of how good and, they used uh, to be. Although, you know, saying that American Soul is kind of an interesting crossroads. They've got uh, Kendrick Lamar on it doing a little guest appearance, and it's got the same um, same vocal thing from Bono that was on Kendrick's album earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that as an, as an idea... Is interesting. Didn't work. It wasn't interesting when I listened to it. I was like, no. Well, as as an idea, I'm not saying they did okay. it interesting. Yeah. As an idea, that's interesting. They brought back a line from Volcano or something from the album before that as well, and uh, I thought that was like an interesting idea, but really blandly and flaccidly executed with way too much uh, veneer and polish. No album made me sadder. In Tongues by Joji. Okay. I have this written all in capitals, without punctuation. This is serious. It's not the other stuff that was a joke. This is art, and I'm an artist. <laughs> Listen to how depressed I am, and I can rap, but I'm chill, but I'm serious. I'm not a comedian or anything. This is serious album, big art. Joji, why? Like, to be fair, I can't blame him for wanting to separate himself somewhat from his, like, crazy YouTube persona, which is Filthy Frank. Regardless, Joji's debut... EP album comes off as overly serious. I was reminded of a 13-year-old trying to hold a conversation at the adult's table. Um, like, yes, we understand you're serious and you like to sing about how depressed you are. Um, and I thought, now this is a good line of writing. The result is an album that is ultimately unoffensive um, and is serviceable as, like, rainy day background sadness factory music, but astoundingly and almost impressively, it manages to come off both as try-hard and lazy-slash-formulaic. Um, neither of those are good things. Stick to Filthy Frank. I'm not even going to read my review because that was perfect. Okay. Wide Open. Next, please. Wide Open by Weaves. I'm going to listen to Weaves. Ah! You okay, only introduced me to Weaves like yesterday. You should have no, told me about them before. Tonight. You should have told me I about only, them before. I only listened to them last night. So I did my, you know, I as always happens, I get, you know, two days before recording or one day before and I go, oh my lord, I have a million things to listen. So I just guzzle back albums weaves was one of those things and i'm really sad that i didn't listen to them before partially just because i didn't like the name of the band i'm sorry weaves but it's a bad name uh kind of television vibes with the vocals like kind of crazy all over the place intentionally pitchy but still very controlled it's like car commercial music but really good 
and also like a big thief, but really good. They're very good. And it is totally something you would see in a Toyota commercial or a Lexus commercial that you would kind of tap your toe to for the 30 seconds you heard it and be kind of ashamed because you know it's playing you on that level, but it works. Very good. Cool songwriting, if like maybe a little intentionally kooky. Remember that acapella like uh, Toyota ad where they had the people making the sound of the windshield wipers and stuff? Yeah, that was actually interesting. <sighs> Okay, uh, Big Thief Capacity. Okay, here we go again. This is also under my losers but still must listen category. Uh, I really wish I had spent more time with this album since I liked Masterpiece so much more last year, and it does seem to be a grower, which to be honest, I noticed a trend. I don't know if it's me or the music put out this year, but I found a lot of grower albums this year, um, and I think I would have had more, more thoughts and better thoughts if I had put more time to it, so shoot me. Um, alas, it just didn't really attract me or enchant me as much as uh, Masterpiece did last year when they put it out and I fell in love with that album. That said, it's still fine. It's more of Big Thief. It's not a sellout. It's not really downhill. It definitely warrants a listen. Um, it has good songwriting, super interesting vocals, really like their vocalist. Um, and they have like a varied track list. They vary their sound enough, but still have, like this coherent sound. But the guitar work gets a bit annoying. I know we fight about that. I don't think it's a huge deal, but it's definitely not good. I know that you really don't like it. Um, overall, it's decent. Uh, yeah, and I think that it, I think it, I thought it was decent and lost steam on the first on the opening track. I can't remember what it's called. It's kind of an interesting interlude where you hear lots of sounds of people coming and going and doors opening and closing. And I liked that kind of experimental vibe but I just didn't feel like they sustained it well through the entire album. It's The songwriting's very personal, and I admire that about it, but beyond that, there was nothing there that really held my, uh, my attention or captured me in any way. Um, we, gotta, we gotta do these faster. What's we next? Gotta, What's next? We gotta, What's next? A deeper understanding, the war on drugs. Uh, where is that? I'm sorry. It's somewhere under the losers. Uh, and now that we're offline, okay. Oh, here it is. Um, as Grant pointed out to me, the sa- it has probably the least interesting drumming I've heard all year. Drumming. As soon as he pointed out, I couldn't unhear it. The vocalist is mess sounding. The guitar work is fantastic. The writing is very nice. Um, it's an absolute hodgepodge of the good, the bad, and the ugly. It has some beautiful moments and some moments that are just so bland. Um, it has too many pitfalls to really transcend above good, in my opinion. And again, I just really can't get over the drums. They're so distracting. Yeah, and I I said mostly the same thing. Beautiful guitar tones, beautiful production on the guitar, the guitar side of so things. Nice. The drumming is so lifeless and limp, though, that I could not take my eyes off of it. And it was, at a certain point, all I started to hear. It didn't stick with me. I don't like the vocal stylings. It sounds kind of like like one of those dad bands, but with a good guitarist and somebody who, you know, listened to a lot of Pink Floyd a and default in there. Yeah. So, meh. Now, Everything Now by Arcade Fire. Okay. I actually really like this album. Um, I had it on my phone from when we review it. Still do. And I've listened to it off and on, like, the whole time since then. I play it at work all the time because it's, like, pretty good, pretty groovy. It's entirely groovy. Uh, I find that their sound and their album flow is a really mix of relaxing and engaging. It's good for like working, passing the time. Um, and the writing's interesting, if not really good. It doesn't really stand up to close scrutiny. 
Um, there really aren't that many faults I could find with the album, but at the end of the day, it does definitely suffer a loss because I think it's a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none album. Um, it has a lot of things that are good but not great, and nothing really stood out as world-class, and I think it kind of suffers a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I I found the album retreads so much like as a as a concept retreads so much ground that like every band has done that big uh, um, facetiously enthusiastic for capitalism and game like YouTube YouTube did pop and we're like yeah supermarkets are sweet and music Look at their how, entire career yeah and and as such the the crutch that the whole album rested on, the concept, just kind of completely dissolved for me. And we were left with some really interesting uh, grooves and some cool instrumentation and very expensive sounding production, but was ultimately as hollow as uh, as the themes it was pretending to portray. Also, I'm going to start my reviews now by saying either I recommend this or I don't recommend this. Oh, I recommend yes. both of them. A little late for that. Okay. Harry Styles' self-titled debut album. Okay. And this is going to be binary. I don't recommend this. Uh, you don't recommend it? No, like, it's not bad, but I have to separate it. Like, it's below the cut. Could be worse. It's definitely not bad pop, which seems to be a miracle in of itself, uh, given my typical tastes. But listening to Khaled or Lord and comparing them to Harry Styles instantly differentiates between good pop and great, worthwhile, like, fantastic pop. Um, that said, I'm looking for great things moving forward. Yeah, and I, I thought that this was a better album than you. I thought it was a bit of a gift basket, a bit of a fruit basket of, uh, hey, look at I can do folk, hey, look at I can do rock, hey, look at I can do this and that, and uh, as such, didn't really have kind of a unified, um, cohesive feel. It kind of felt a little glued together and a little wobbly in parts, but the guy can really sing, and the guy can really write a pop song, assuming he wrote these. I quite enjoyed it. Eh. Automaton by Jamiroquai. All right. Uh, I absolutely recommend this. It is one of the funkiest albums released this year. It's instantly likable. Unless you're old or stodgy, I would say it's hard to dislike. Um, I wish I could give it more accolades because I really like it. But I also think it sounds samey. The writing just isn't good or interesting. It's you only listen to it for the groove. That's it. That's all. It's a one trick pony, but it's a ton of fun, and I like it. Some of the squidgiest, squelchiest synths. And it's just so much fun. Thudding bass, fantastic production, insipidly, <laughs> insidiously funky. But he does mention Candy Crush in yeah. what seems like a not as ironic as it should have been. His writing is just lyric. not good. It's just his not. his writing is quite awful yeah so it's it's a real yin and yang situation and with that jason i think we've covered pretty much everything that's not going to be an honorable mention or i still have several okay what would you like to do uh okay hang on so i still have i don't even know how to say this i could be mispronouncing it if jordan castro is listening he might be mad changa by Pnau. it's p-n-a-u no the idea band. i did not even come close to listening to this. They were like electro-funk. I think they were interesting. I enjoyed them as background music. I played some Tomb Raider on mute while I was listening to this and focusing on the music and just kind of running around shooting some guys. 
Um, I'm talking out my butt here because it's really not my kind of music. I thought it sounded repetitive and actually ended up grating on me after like half an hour. I had to switch it to something else. I still think it's worth a look if you like electro-pop, dubstep sort of thing. Okay, what about This Old Dog by Mac DeMarco? Oh, yeah. Can I do my yeah. review? Sounds like weed smells like... <laughs> weed? Yeah, that's my whole okay. review. Like, I, I like Mac as a person. And I like his character that he's developed. We were just watching a video of him. His, and... But his tunes just and his weedy, whiny kind of voice, while they're maybe soulfully written, all are just... <clears throat> Go become the same, you know, Play-Doh like mm-hmm. blob for me after a while. Yeah, I think it was it's super chill. Yeah. I kind of would like to listen to it more thoroughly. I enjoyed what I heard for the most part, but I found the songs that could get a bit draggy, droney, samey, and Max' voice just isn't really angelic. Yeah, it has to be said. Okay, what about something like a storm by Matt Good? Yeah, I, I mean, I think at this point, and this is one that I listened to most of with you, I believe. I think at this point Matthew Good just sounds like like weak Matthew Good. Yeah. And it's really sad and I wish that he would he would join a band with just him a bassist and a drummer and maybe one other guitarist someone who would go push to, him artistically. Go to a cabin in the woods and record a completely live album. Yeah. I think it's definitely not bad. I want to say that first, but I think it's disappointingly samey. It's like his previous few albums but they seem to get just like very slightly worse with every new release yeah um his signature sound and writing style are intact but not reinvented or improved and they seem to just degrade a little bit every time yeah um is thundercat have you what about that uh thundercat's kind of automaton for me as well it's drunk by thundercat you should say yeah drunk by thundercat the uh bassist who worked with kendrick lamar on a lot of his most famous stuff um well to pimp a butterfly specifically yeah as with a lot of funk, it's um, it's you're really just there to be able to snap your fingers and bob your head. Yeah. That being said, tremendous sense of humor on display, hilarious and weird and goofy. This has got no like real um, soul or no real ragged edge to it that I could grip. Yeah. So, as such, it kind of slid off, but it, it was very greasy yeah. when it did so. Yeah, I do think it does compare to Automaton. Like I said to you earlier, I think this is, if there's an award for album that accomplished its goal most effectively of the year, I think this would take it home because it's just super funky. Thundercat is a bassist, like, by trade, um, and musicality is the purpose of the album. It's, like, a fun musical exercise rather than this big artistic statement, and I think it does that super well. But it is doomed to be, like, a total also-ran just because it's such a one-trick pony, much like Jamiroquai. But I appreciate it seems like he realized that more than Jimmy. It's doomed to be a what? Also ran. There's like something that could never win. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Okay. I didn't, um, I've never heard that. Huh. Also, as a side note, it's 23 tracks in 55 minutes. I know, I yeah. Was I was like, oh. It's like they're all interludes. What yeah. about Flower Boy by Tyler, the creator? And this is, this is one that I listened to. I, I took a couple running starts at Flower Boy, but I could never really... Um, it never really soaked in, in a way. Hmm. Uh, I don't really have anything against it. I just, not, none of it really stuck for some reason. And I'm not quite sure why. It could be just kind of that I I found it kind of like Kendrick Lamar Light, but, you know, voiced by the Cookie Monster. So, it, Cookie Monster? 
he doesn't sound that much like Cookie Monster, yeah. but he's got that kind of like growly, weird, yeah. throaty voice. Yeah, I don't know. I actually enjoyed it. This it's, was it's it's good. It's not bad at all. Yeah, this was my favorite album in my not recommend section. Didn't quite make the cut to that. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it because, and that was a surprise because usually excluding Kendrick, I don't really like rap, but uh, Tyler did surprise me consistently. I feel like we're on a first name basis. With smart writing, uh, I really liked his use of samples, and I thought his mix was really good, and the album like moved and was good as background music or like to listen to his writing, so I thought it was versatile in that way. But I just didn't find his narrative as interesting um, as Kendrick. Like I just wasn't that interested in what he was saying. Still really worth a listen if you're into rap or hip-hop. What about From the Fires by Greta Van Fleet? Like, it's like Fisher-Price Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's like Led Zeppelin... But without Jimmy Page, and kind of crucially without uh, John, John Paul Bond. Jones, huh. uh, I thought that the drummer was actually very good, and the vocalist just sounds like pretty much exactly like Robert Plant. Uh, from what I heard, like it's fine, but it's so so derivative, and the mimicry extends so far in some songs and certain sections of songs that I just couldn't get past that. Here's the thing, I agree with you and I don't agree with you at the same time. I think I couldn't really love Greta Van Fleet because they sound so similar to Led Zeppelin. Seriously, go listen to them. It's uncanny. But I don't think they're derivative. I just think that the singer sounds so much like Robert Plant. Like, that's but, his curse. But, no, no, no. Because, like I was pointing out when we were listening to it, certain inflections and flourishes he does are Robert Plant. Yeah, and I guess. And that's not something to do with like the quality of his voice maybe not well i just swallowed <laughs> the, the quality of, of his word. voice i'm so sorry it's not the quality of his voice it's what he's doing with it yeah maybe so um and it is strange for it to be like a curse that you sound like one of the great vocalists of all time <laughs> but it really is yeah uh-huh. okay it's like uh, it's like the guy from down here who sounded just like freddie mercury and everybody was just like oh you mean the guy who sounds just like freddie yeah. mercury yeah um carry fire is that gonna be up for you yep yeah okay uh, Queens of the Stone Age villains. I didn't really give this okay. much of a listen. From what I heard, cool guitar riffage. Really disappointed in Josh Homie's complete douchebaggery <laughs> yeah. on the state. That's such a, like, come on, man. And how he tried to get out of it. I wouldn't normally do, like, I feel a bit, like, PC or activist-y right now just by calling this into question. Because I, I am one of the people who kind of believes in separating art from the artist to a certain extent. But that was really douchey. And I just want to say, yes, I saw the video. And I think he's a douche. Uh, I only came to this a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's a quality album. I really had the realization that it's not very often that we get like a straight up rock album. Not even rock and roll. That doesn't sound butt rocky. And is actually good. And I think that this should be appreciated for that. Because I think it's a rare breed. But it is far from perfect. I thought the track sounded samey, especially the guitar tone and riffs always sound the same. And his writing didn't stand out to me as really high quality. I have a brief excerpt. I'll tell you where the gold is. It's in the ground. You wonder where the where's the reason? It's in the lost and found. Oh my. Uh, he repeats that again. And then he says, I'll tell you where the gold is. It's all mine. Mine. And I went on Genius Lyrics, and it's all written by fans. So they're like... It's a wordplay because he says it's all mine and they get gold out of mine, so it's smart. And I'm like, that's not a good, that's not good at all. Um, still, overall, I do think it was a good album, just not special. Uh, okay. What about American Teen? 
Is that up there for you? No? Um, that, okay. So this is tipping my hand a little bit. Like half an hour before we record, I'm looking through my notes. Realize I don't have John Mark McMillan's new album down. And I'm like, shoot, I really like this album. Poor Khaled got bumped out of an honorable mention slot because I absolutely loved his album. Um, if I was allowed three, this would have made the cut. Caught me entirely off guard. Um, Caleb played it for me and his music taste is questionable. But At best. Um, I just really like it. I think there's a bit of a lack of variety and sometimes there's some annoying backing tracks. We covered all that in our review. But overall, the guy's 19. His writing is interesting. His music sounds fantastic. Like, it's just a really good album. Go listen to Go listen to it for sure. Yep, and I'd say, you know, solid songwriting and decent production that's slightly hampered by absolutely loads of references to technology, modern technology. But that's his thing. I didn't hear it. I know it. I know it is, but, like, it's it's becomes a bit bit much when three or four of your songs center around the functions of a smartphone. It's true. I know. That's why I said it. Okay. All right. Okay. Should we hit up one of my honorable mentions first? Uh, should we flip the puppet? We've had no cause to flip the puppet but yet. honorable mentions are still going to be pretty rapid fire. Just flip it for fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's if, what she yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait, wait, we have to come up with some significance. Yeah, okay. well, face down is me because I'm suicidal and stupid. And okay. Face up because you've got a future. Okay. There you go. So face my up. first honorable mention goes to, guess. John Mark McMillan. No. Oh, wow. Two Parts Viper by 68. Oh, hey. It is everything I wanted it to be. I don't know if we talked about it in Humor and Sadness as a review before. Do you remember? Oh, I did think we review we did. it? Yeah, I think so. So Grant absolutely loved In Humor and Sadness. Typically, he has maybe heavier taste than me in terms of music. Only slightly. So In Humor and Sadness just came off as a bit too metal for me, but I still liked it. This, Two Parts Viper, their second effort, fixed every... Like, if I had sent them, like, my letter of, Dear 68, please fix X, Y, and Z, like, this is would be the result. You are um, too rock and roll. Please be more calm and produced. But they're not. They're still, like, I untamed. Know. I know. I'm um... It has, I think, all of the raw emotion of inhumor and sadness coupled with way better production. Like, to me, I think it's not even comparable. It sounds way more quote-unquote pro. The track list is more diverse in terms of sound, and I think the instrumentation is better, even though it was really good in the first album. It's just, in terms of, like, not metal. I would say it's hard rock, like, lives next door to metal. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like blood-soaked the white stripes. Yeah, like... It is the undisputed workout album of the year, yeah. and it's also one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's fantastic. My my honorable mention, you know, uh, second place is Melodrama by Lord. <clears throat> At first, I didn't think that I liked this album when I heard it. I thought it sounded kind of too poppy and a little too cheery for the like real dark brooding quality that I associated with Lord. But after time, I, I discovered a lot more nuance. It kind of grew out of the album when I came back to it. And I completely have have changed my mind. I think it's a very honest and an interesting album. I think it's a very worthy successor. And it's just a grown-up version of Pure Heroin. And it's a beautiful... Um, it really you, We really feel like we're with Lord And that we've 
we've been on this journey with her from pure heroin to to this latest album and i think that that's like actually an amazing achievement is how how well i feel like i know her yeah just through these two albums and how much she put out there how much she's she's changed because of this fame and the success in good ways and bad ways i think it's a very nuanced album and i think it's really fantastic i think it's incredibly honest and and despite you know a a bit of a half-hearted stab at making the album feel conceptual uh i think that it still hangs together very well and also the song liability is like one of the greatest songs that's been written this year yeah for sure my second honorable mention as i already said is wilder love by john mark mcmillan like most Christian artists, suck. Yes, <clears throat> it's actually Mercury and Lightning. Ah! I, know, I called it. I called it. Oh no! Okay, yeah. hang on. The album is. Um, and I'll get into Wilder Love later too. Um, most Christian artists suck. There are a few that used to be good, and most of them are bad now too. Um, but then you have guys like John Mark McMillan. He's an absolute musical genius. From like the Medicine to Borderland is one of my favorite albums. I think 2015 it came out. Economy as well is a great album. Never listened to Economy. But more so than any writer I can think of, and this is Christian or regular or Jewish or whatever, um, John Mark McMillan uses these beautiful literary techniques, like what I'm taught in school, like sense imagery and stuff like that, where he talks about like how it felt and like the smell and stuff like that. These beautiful metaphors. um, And it just immerses you in his music. I just find... I think it'll be good background music, and it is, but I put it on as background music, and then I find I go from drying dishes to standing at the radio listening to his writing, because it just sucks me in. I just can't get away from it every time I play it. It's horrible studying music in a way, because you put it on, and you're trying to study schoolwork, and then you find you just put the pen down, and you just listen to the last three songs in a row, and you're tearing up just because his writing is so raw and so fantastic. I think think part of the thing, uh, I'll just say this one thing. I think part of the thing that makes this album so successful is that never before have his lyrics so cl- how so perfectly melded with his yes. production and his music as on this album. Before, you know, it was kind of kind of a grittier U2 sound that he had a going little a little bit a like little that, bit, like yeah. chimey guitar and driving yeah. drums and all that sort of thing. And that's fine, but the music on this is really mm. I don't I don't know how it fits as well as it does and that it, does bring me to the next major strength excuse me again which is that the music and the writing and his voice all suit each other so well it's such a contained unit and it doesn't stick out like like i would say someone like thundercat even his voice doesn't fit his music as well as it could john mark it's like this perfect flawless fit um Wilder Love is also probably my favorite concept for an album. Not necessarily my concept album, but my favorite concept for an album this year. Wilder Love is this idea of a mental place you could go, um, this like escape from reality. And it's this place where you aren't afraid to um, love people and love life and to be loved like without exception and without these safeguards and barriers. And I think it's a beautiful concept and I think he explores it well. He doesn't beat you over the head with it. But it also doesn't seem like an afterthought. Like it doesn't seem like he was like, "Oh, I gotta have a concept album. What could this be about?" It it's built up around this idea of this fictitious place, but maybe it's not fictitious. Maybe maybe we could go there if we really tried. And yeah, I think he's done it again, like better than ever. 
Beautiful. My uh, first place honorable mention <laughs> goes to Two Parts Pfeiffer by 68. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> I think it's a great uh, polishing and tweaking of the ideas that they presented in, in Humor and Sadness in In Humor and Sadness. Uh which was a very a very raw album like in every sense and you go back you know uh two parts viper landed we listened to it went oh yeah fantastic 68 is still on top form and then you go back and listen to in humor and sadness and you go wow there's a lot of ragged edge here wow there's a lot of gravel and a lot of just you know roughness and that's fantastic that is one of the reasons why i love inhumor and sadness but i wouldn't want them to stay that way but you do want you know a band to evolve and to change and i think that they've done that in a good sensible fashion here it's clear that the wellspring is not close to running dry uh there are some very cool and promising guitar riff work on songs like death is a lottery oh my goodness fantastic stuff that they really broke out of that kind of pentatonic box yeah see what i did there uh that kind of like what what i was looking at you is that okay you just look like you totally didn't understand what i said uh that kind of like black keys heavy duty black keys sound that they had on their first album they've definitely stepped away from that a bit more Mm -hmm. and have something that's a little bit more unique and, and and it might maybe it does lack a certain something in comparison within humor and sadness for me just in terms of maybe the red hot quality of those ideas. The album was written and recorded in like two weeks. Josh Scoggins staying up until like 5 a.m. writing and then going to sleep for a couple hours, waking up and then recording the stuff <laughs> he had just written. Insanity. And there is a certain white hot intensity to In Humor and Sadness that I think that Two Parts Viper somewhat lacks. It's a necessary sacrifice, I think, but, for but a greater improvement. I think it's made up for it. For the most part, not in all cases, but for the most part, mm-hmm. just with the the spit and polish that's on this. My number five album. We're in the top five now, ladies and gentlemen. This is fantastic. What's my number five album? Your number five album. Oh my word. Uh... Also, did Switchfoot put out an album this year? If they did. I'm willing to ignore it. If I did, my review. Yeah, because is... they had the bull in the china shop thing. Yeah, my and we talked about it. And my we were like, my uh... review is the sound of a of a bison farting. Okay. Okay, your number five. I'm gonna guess will be um, melodrama by Lord. My fifth favorite album is melodrama by Lord. <laughs> oh my word! Um, I'm Lord. supreme. Thank you so much. I think mine is probably not that hard to guess. My top five, the whole thing. Probably not. Mine's... for. For literally years, I worry that Lord's follow-up album would be disappointing, be crushed by the Kurt. Yes. Can I just say? Yes. I was so wrong. Because you thought it was going to be bad. I thought it was going to be deplorable because she waited so long. I was completely wrong, and I've never been happier to be wrong. Continue, please. I really was worried her following album would disappoint. It would be cursed by uh, the curse of, like, the second album, which is, you know, (laughs) well-documented, where an artist is crushed under the weight of expectations after, like borderline accidentally releasing one of the great pop albums of all time and i really believe that her first album was one of the great pop albums of all time i'm so sorry i ever doubted her uh, you know Lord, maybe I, you can hear I'm me just, right now i'm so sorry i doubted you i'm so sorry for what i said and i just wanted to i think you're really cool and your song's really good and your album's fantastic okay, stop. sorry okay <laughs> Unironically, 
ironically, that's how I feel. <laughs> I think when I listen, it's to really Mel- hot in here. I need to crack. I think when I listen to melodrama, it made me maybe the happiest out of any album, even though it's fifth. Just because it's so much better than I thought it would be. I think it loses a lot of the raw emotional impact that Pure Heroin had, and I don't think it's as good of an album as Pure Heroin is. But also, what I would say to that... He's standing up on his chair, opening the window. Also, I'd say that the fact that it lost some of its raw emotional um, delivery is also a huge part of why it works so well. Because as we grow older, we lose some of that. It's true. Um, I think for its slight sacrifice in, you know, raw emotional impact, I think it added scope and polish and did not did not subtract Lord's style even a little bit. That applies to the writing, the production, and the pacing of the album in every way except the pre-mentioned uh, <laughs> sentiment. This is an album that at worst um, equals her last album, and I think that makes it one of the best albums of the year. And then also as an addendum, you said this and I couldn't agree more, um, her release window in a way was perfect, even though I thought she'd waited way too long. And she kind of did because the people who were like 16 when she released her first album are like 19 and 20 now. And her new album really reflects like the struggles of people in those age groups. And so you really grow up with her and I hope that continues into her, into her eighties kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That'd be Um, fantastic. Yeah. It's a totally stellar album. Okay. My number five. Your number five is... Uh, let me look at my list, because I feel like we're going to mostly have the same albums, but not quite. Yeah. Your number five is Sleep Well Beast. Actually, I don't think it is, but I'm going to say it's Sleep Well Beast. My number five is Carry Fire by Robert Plant. That's so... Okay. There sorry. Is something... <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. There is something about Robert Plant's voice. He has such... It's not better than two parts of Viper. He has such... A legendary transcendent voice it's a huge part of the reason if not probably the leading reason why Led Zeppelin is still so popular among young people and why you know anybody can hum any number of their songs not just Stairway to Heaven Immigrant Song you know everybody knows Immigrant Song when the levee breaks everybody knows when the levee breaks good times everybody knows Cashmere everybody like Robert Plant's voice, there's something transcendent and fantastic, and I think he's one of the greatest singers of all time. Oh, yeah. Ever. Easy. And he still delivers. I don't know if his voice is magic, but, like, he's sick. He's almost 70, 69 years old, and he sounds exactly, his voice is, like, weathered in that perfect way that you want a singer's voice to weather. He still sounds weirdly like he did when he was 30 you know 40 years later and Tom Petty did that too yeah but Tom Petty didn't he's sound like very good to begin with good. he just sounds fantastic and he did something new he melded blues celtic like indian electronic music hard like hard rock and he made it work on an album that's a really delightful melting pot and normally you hear an album like that and it's obnoxious, and they're like, now we will have the Indian part, and a sitar comes in, kind of thing. It's true. And Robert completely avoided that, his fantastic backing band as well. The album shifts between those genres, and you don't even notice, unless you were to listen to it out of order. 
The songwriting here is nothing new. It's nothing revolutionary. But it is some of his best work. At 70, he's still improving on his songwriting. And he's still saying different things. And yeah, he's still singing kind of folky love songs too. But he does it with that same passion and that same um, emotion that he did when he was young. And I was completely blindsided by how much I like this album. And I know it's not like artistically way up there. And I think melodrama artistically is probably superior to this album. But there's... It's just excellent meat and potatoes music. He's evolved. He's doing new things that really work on just a basic fundamental level. And it's that classic folk sitting around and sharing stories. I love it. This is going to be like an hour and a half podcast and I don't really care. Um, Heck it. Let's make it like Think about all the stuff we're reviewing. I normally we review two things. Um, So Carrie Fire... I think there have been few more interesting comparisons uh, in the history of, like, I don't know, Scandinavia than comparing, when I sat down to write this, comparing Greta Van Fleet and Robert Plant. Yeah. I find it so bizarre that here's a whole band, Greta Van Fleet, seems to be trying their hardest to replicate Zeppelin's glory. Meanwhile, the man himself is off blazing new trails. I can't believe... And I... I have to say, didn't like Carrie Fire nearly as much as you did. That yeah. sounds like a female vocalist, Carrie Fire. It um, does. Actually, it's... <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It does, doesn't it? It sounds fresh. It sounds interesting. It has, like, these African vibes. The production, too. The production is very good. Real, And he produced the album. Did he? Yeah. And grungy, gritty, kind of lo-fi, but in a, like, a... A completely listenable way. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and I just have to give massive kudos to him, as you did, for, like, blazing new trails. I can't imagine how easy it would be for him to do the same old thing or do nothing, sit on his butt. Mm-hmm. But he's making interesting music. I can't argue that. All that said, that's mostly credit to Robert Plant, not credit to the album. The album I found was interesting and good and fine and okay, but I thought it lacked a lot of energy. I just didn't feel like there was a lot of energy behind it could have just been me for sure and i just didn't really connect with it on a big level i thought it sounded not samey but just i it's didn't very find... it's very not samey but i, I couldn't really mean... hum one of the tracks lo- except for carry fire really not bluebirds over the mountain no bluebirds over the mountain or like keep it hid yeah. with that fantastic synth intro Oh my yeah. word. But that is under my losers, but still must listens. It was um, a very interesting album. I, I get what you mean. A lot of the stuff's on the same bandwidth in terms of, like, uh, energy. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I sounded like a complete hippie there. Okay, what's yeah. my fourth favorite album? I think you're going to nail my whole top five list, because I just don't think it's going to be that surprising. Okay, so you had Melodrama, and then Alex Cameron, Forced Witness. Wow. So my fourth <laughs> favorite album of the year is Go Farther in Lightness oh, no. by Gang of Youths. Oh no, how that could I have been there. such a okay. fool? So this album, this freaking album, I'm going to get really excited just like from here forward because I really like all these albums. I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just, so excited. I just want to say I didn't listen to this album because it sounds like The National. Okay. And I could listen to The National. I became aware of this album, Jordan Castro, I could kiss your dick <laughs> a million times. Holy God. This band is so good. Okay, okay. I gotta try and work on it. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> We're only at number four. There are three <laughs> albums that are better than this. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, rein it in. So this album, Jordan Castro, told me about like three weeks ago. And I started to listen to it. And this album has made me feel some of the strongest emotions of any album this year. Like right up at the very top. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've teared up listening to this album multiple times, which I don't think I've done since Leonard Cohen passed away. It is my favorite concept album of the last number of years, I would say. Um, it's a concept, it's pretty straightforward, which I appreciate because I think a lot of concept albums are too convoluted and tenuous. Go Farther in Lightness is just a concept about overcoming all of life's tragedies and all the things that hold you back and being able to travel further under a lighter load. It's really a very simple idea. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And the whole album explores that. The band, these guys are like around 30. They're Australian, which is already sick. Um, and already the lead singer, I never found out if his wife survived. I should look that up. The lead singer um, got married. Then his wife got sick with cancer. And she was like, this is when she's like 20-ish, like early 20s. Um, he became a heavy drug user, went in rehab, his marriage is falling apart, he's this washed up addict, he forms a band to help him cope with it, but then the band's falling apart because of his issues. Like, he's already just been through the ringer, and this is such a raw, honest album. It's some of the best writing I've ever heard. The song Persevere, um, I'm honestly just not willing to speak the lyrics because there are too many profanities, but has, <laughs> like, the probably the most emotional writing i've heard um it's what is it god is not some vindictive mother effer nor is he poopy at his job um <laughs> there's safety in the moment when the poop is at the fan it's just it's such a good album it's like i throw him 40 lines about how i don't think god exists and he just smiles and takes a dignified pause and says it's okay to feel unbelievably lost like i can just tear up just thinking at it thinking about it mm-hmm. it's my yeah. surprise knockout album of the year um and i had a really hard time not putting it higher just because i love it so much i think it probably is a few tracks too fat but what's there if you cut through most or four, albums are aren't they? if it's you like, cut three or four tracks away would rival like the best albums i heard this year like how they say shake a, a film in 30 minutes will follow shake a shake an album of three tracks will yeah follow. But honestly, please go and listen to this album. Anyone who's listening, I don't care who you are. It's so good. It sounds like The National, but not as much like The National as Grant says it does. I'm probably not going to listen to it. Just being honest. They sound almost weirdly like The National. They don't. They kind of... Not even close. Okay, my fourth pick is... Alex Cameron's Forced Witness. I'm going to guess. Eventually it's going to be right, because it's going to be in the top five. Okay, my... You're so close, okay? My number four pick is Force Witness by Alex Cameron. Yes! Yes! You're close, but no cigar, because you said Alex Cameron's Force Witness is Force Witness by Alex Cameron. Okay. Uh, Alan Roy from, well, and it was kind of more just Al on the on the Jumping the Shark, the album that came out last year and completely blindsided me by how weird and... I think it was your number three, if I remember correctly. I, well... It was in my top three because I'm pretty sure my top three was Nick Cave, Bowie, and, and Alex, Alex Cameron. Cameron. What a t- what a With trio Leonard Cohen as fourth. Yeah, what a trio that yeah. is, though. Amazing. So it was a weird janky 
really, really sparse album. This is his debut with stabbing kind of synth sounds and really, really sparse drum loops. They completely ripped the roof off and upped everything for this album. There's lush production and 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 tasteful production as well. Full band with synths, guitars, bass, saxophone on every song. Fantastic drum tones as well. Just really, really beautiful from a production standpoint. Very 80s inspired pastiche kind of thing. Um, I think also the songwriting is pretty much better across the board than it is on Jumping the Shark. I think he's really fallen into the kind of nook that he's going to ride in, which is this kind of biting, um, comedic, parodic, uh, satirical kind of thing that he just rocks so hard and he's so funny. And kind of the crux of the album or the the uh, core of it is this... Um, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? This machismo, this uh, narcissistic um, male Facade. male kind of thing with with what, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, Testosterone kind of like puffed out chest, but you know, a limp in the walk kind of thing, and he wears that so well. I want to let her so know what well. a pussy he is, and I yeah. want to let her know that I bench what he is. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, and and he's so funny and but at the same time you'll be belting out the chorus to Marlon Brando you know yes. which is you know I feel like Marlon Brando circa 1999 I have no idea what that means and and it's just to dwell on that some of the best unconventional choruses lyrically speaking mm-hmm. some of the best unconventional lyrics lyrically speaking it falters a little bit on, you know, the Chihuahua and the Hacienda, which are kind of like... I like the Chihuahua, I don't love the Hacienda. They kind of drag a little bit, and they're kind of just uninteresting and bland and blah. And it would have placed higher on my list without those two songs in it. Hmm. But, all this to say, very polished, very beautiful, fantastic, one of the greatest songwriters up and coming, doing his completely his own thing. You know, he's mm-hmm. like a weird mix of Weird Al Yankovic and Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And that's beautiful. You're number three? Are you on number yeah. three? I have this bolded notice here before you guess. Mm-hmm. At this point, I should note something. It says on my thing. Up to the top three, I feel pretty confident in my rankings. But for numbers two and three, and really this applies to number one as well, I really think I would rank them differently depending on the day. I went with my gut. What you get is what you get. I think I'm confident in my first album, but the three of these are separated. Say I was giving them a hundred percent rating yeah. by one or two percent. They're yeah. all <clears throat> almost flawless. What is my number three album? Your number three album is going to be Force Witness. <laughs> my third favorite album of the year is Sleep Well Beast oh by the National. Oh my lord! This is like this is unprecedented. This hurt me more than a little bit, but in a really <laughs> happy way. Sleep Well Beast is in my opinion, almost a perfect national album. And, like, a perfect national album is almost a perfect album. And I think it's one of the national's best albums, and I don't think the national has ever had a stinker. But it only came in third. Um, Had it been released last year, I think this album would have easily traded blows with both Bowie and Cohen's album. Like, I think it's right up there at the top of them. 
the writing is beautiful. The production is beautiful. Dark Side of the Gym is one of the most emotional songs I've heard. Matt Berenger's voice is fantastic. His writing is fantastic. The Desner twins are fantastic. The other twins. The other twins. Also they, fantastic. Yeah, there are two beautiful yeah. twins. Well, no. Sorry, sorry. They're just twins brothers. and brothers. Yeah. This album, I can't think of anything to complain about except that I still don't like the song Turtleneck. That's the <laughs> only thing I got. You're incorrect about I that. I still don't like the song Turtleneck. It's a fantastic song. I have, in a way, so little to say about it, both because I already waxed poetic about it in a review, and also because there's almost nothing to critique. I don't even need to really point out the strength because everything is a strength. It's like how I said Arcade Fire was jack of all trades, master of none. This is just master of all trades. Yeah. It's so good. It's jack off none. And yet, it's only third. Sleep Rebel Beast by The National. Go listen to it, too. Okay, what do you think my third favorite record is going to be of this year? So, I don't know. I know you have one hiding in there, and you're going to be like, surprise. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be so I was talking. I was talking about this podcast with some of my coworkers, and I was like, it's kind of become not just album reviews, but also an ambush sport, yeah. ambush hunting. On I each know other. there's going to be one in there. There's uh, an upset somewhere. Yeah, I know. I don't know where it's going to be. be. <laughs> I'm going to say your third favorite album of the year is also Sleep Well Beast. I see. Wow. I feel Very, like that's a good place to that's put it. Quite daring. Wow. What is it? Wow. What is it? Let me hear it. I want to hear it. My third favorite album of the year is Mercury and Lightning by John Mark McMillan. Frig. <laughs> Holy God. After this, before we get to... Actually, okay, I'm going to hold my pee until we do our number twos. <laughs> <laughs> you completely derailed my okay, review of this album. You... Before we review our number ones, <laughs> I'm going I'm to go number one. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it from John Mark McMillan. I really like that album, too. All right. Okay, go ahead. Your eyes are so shiny. <sighs> the Like... Holy, mo- the sound, the sound, yes. the, the, right off the top, the first uh, track is the title track, mm-hmm. Mercury and Lightning, right off the top, you've got this, like, these huge throbbing synths coming at you, these dreamy arpeggiated harps that are climbing up and down, uh, but they don't seem um, tacky or weird or anything, gargantuan beats that fit super well kind of pink floyd-esque guitars weaving in and out and his like really rich like mahogany baritone voice Mm -hmm. oh my sweet lord how did i not listen to this before like last week i cannot believe i missed out on this i'm ordering the cd i will order the vinyl i will buy a t-shirt i will do whatever it takes to keep this man making music like this lyrically i think that this is some of his best because in part it meshes so perfectly these these visions of 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 these grand visions of things we worship and things we adore yes. and the beautiful parts of society and the greek gods of today in america and and it, it, punctuated by harps and synths and these ridiculous ambitious instruments that he's put put together like what an experience this album is what a what a beautiful beautiful utopia this album is 
and it's not to say there's not a, a ragged edge to grab onto because there's that that's definitely there or else I wouldn't like this album as much as I do. Yeah. But it is so beautiful in a way that its loudness kind of might obscure because it's it is muscular and loud yeah. and powerful, but it is so so very very beautiful. He totally kicked the killers asses yes at their own like new new wave game on this album he kicked their asses around the block hospitalized them broke them out of the hospital and then put them in the morgue like holy moses you got these on 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 persephone the song beautiful beautiful spacious um, beats kind of like John Mayer sounding guitars, a harpsichord mm-hmm. sound which meshes perfectly with the song, and it's all sewn together by a beautiful, beautiful melody that I just yeah. Body in Motion is also an incredibly beautiful song, and I don't know how he worked like laws of physics into his lyrics and made them work, but <laughs> yeah. he did. He did. Oh my word. And this album is legitimately only not higher because I haven't listened to it enough. It's at number three, and I think it would have climbed higher Interesting. if I had listened to it since it came out. Also, I've been working on, well, I've been on my phone, our Brothership album of the year because I'm going to tally up our scores and give it the Brothership top five at the end. We'll just okay. Okay, so I'll do my number two before I do my number one, and then you can do your number two, and I'm still holding in there. What is my second favorite album? <laughs> Your second favorite album's gonna be uh, "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar. My, <laughs> why go contrary? <laughs> because it's who I am. My second favorite album of the year is "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar. I knew it. This is one I was so excited about the album. Um, I became a fan of Kendrick like a year and a half ago, like pretty soon after the release of To Pimp a Butterfly, like a few months, something like that. No. Um, it was released in 2015. Oh, I guess it was... It's like a year after. Oh, man. Like, okay, like a year after the release of To Pimp a Butterfly, which I think is easily one of the best albums of the last 10 years, To Pimp a Butterfly, I think is a borderline undisputed masterpiece. Yeah. And Kendrick has, has a history... Um, Good Kid, Mad City, I also think, is like a phenomenal album. Like, he just has a history of greatness. We did a special <laughs> episode all about him. We did yeah, the music of Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's one of the great artists of all time, so I was super hyped. And needless to say, he did not disappoint. I think his narrative, like the through line for the album, falls short compared to either of his previous two albums. Mm-hmm. To Pimp a Butterfly was all about his story on a grand scale from this inner city kid to stardom then his return to the inner city his spiritual life it was his magnum it, it was, opus yeah, up to was, this point yeah um and then i think good kid mad city was more like a good kid mad city was more of an origin story and i think to pimp yeah. butterfly uh picked up after he took off yeah um damn i didn't find had as strong of a narrative it talks more about his spiritual his journey to spiritual uh life i guess and i found that a super interesting topic um, Kendrick's faith has always been a strange thing. He professes to be a Christian, and I cannot judge his heart. Clearly, his music does not sound like that on a surface level, but I think that's part of what makes it so interesting. Um, I think his writing is still as supreme as ever. It's visceral, honest, original. Um, it's easy to understand, but has layers and, and context, and you could keep unpacking it forever. 
I think his music could understandably be offensive to some. I couldn't fault anybody for finding his very profane lyrics to be a barrier to entry. But for me, I think that's part of who he is. I think for him to polish himself would be to ignore a certain piece of what makes him who he is. And so for that, I think I have to make like the difficult stance that as a Christian, even the language and the not PC content of his songs is totally necessary. And I think it's honesty. Yeah, it's honesty. And I think it's just how it is. Again, his album is just perfect. Almost no one puts out a better produced album. If not, nobody than Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Consistently from to pimp butterfly and this, Oh, the production values are city. incredible. Find the best stereo, find the best one you've got, and then find a better one, and then find a better one, and you'll keep hearing new layers. Yeah. But it doesn't seem overproduced, it doesn't seem overpolished, because I think Kendrick at heart is just like a raw musician. And I think the rawness of Kendrick and his lyrics pairs super well with the polish of the album. And I think it's the second best album I've heard this year. It's phenomenal. Cool. And then I put it <laughs> at the end. Also, I still don't like the track God, and then I put in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really, yeah. So that was your number two. Yes. Any guesses as to what my number two is going to be? Uh, sleep Well Beast. It, 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 sleep Well Beast cannot be your number one. My number two pick is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Everybody heard that. Everybody heard you swear just now. <laughs> so what what can I say about a Kendrick Lamar album? It's it's first off, it's Kendrick. Anybody who knows knows. The guy is is a one man genius factory. I don't know how he's as good as he is at what he does. Uh, every everybody everybody knew this album would be a top album of the year yeah. for pretty much yeah. all music fans it had to everywhere. Be. It's gonna be a top album. Oh, Kendrick's dropping an album? Okay, I'm just gonna go right ahead and put that, just hardwire that into my top five, right? But I was personally still surprised in the direction he took, both thematically and from a genre kind of perspective. Put in more pop elements, more kind of like singing, yeah. quote unquote. The lyrical and vocal brilliance is completely beyond reproach, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you were saying, it is weaker from a conceptual standpoint than uh, Butter to Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid, Mad City for sure. The through narrative is not nearly as present, but that's the nature of this album. Yeah, this album is him from on top his high and mighty throne, where he is now beyond reproach artistically, and it's him going. Um, I'm still a person. Yeah, I still have feelings. I still have struggles. You know, I'm I'm somebody who's spiritually invested, and uh, I'm still somebody who struggles and has doubts and all this sort of thing. And he does he tells us all this in a very convincing and humble, mm-hmm. pun intended, uh, manner. And and like like melodrama, that's just such an impressive accomplishment. You know, to see to see an artist being so volatile and raw in such a believable fashion it doesn't feel put on it doesn't feel rehearsed you know it's it is what it is there are some overly kind of new pop tunes with the kind of whiny weedy tuneless singing on it that i 
kind of didn't care for, which is why it's not only number one, because I, I just didn't think that they were that strong, personally. But, however, but however, on the strength of DNA, Feel, Lust, and Duckworth, all of which are tracks yeah. off this album, this album has to be in the top three. Yeah. <laughs> just off of those songs, all of which are exceptionally powerful. Like, I, I think Lust, honestly, is one of the best tracks he's ever made yeah in isolation what a what a tune and uh same with duckworth duckworth has a very good kid mad city vibe to it it's very autobiographical in its uh content and just powerful and strong and fantastic yeah okay so at this point we're gonna have a brief intermission while i pee what i want you to do or you can do your own thing is i would like you to discuss with the audience as i'm gone what you think we have improved the most, and then I would like you to discuss areas where you want to improve. <laughs> well, I pee. as a show, yeah, I see. Okay, I don't know. Just it'll be interesting for them, interesting for you to think about. I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Um. All right. So we've been we've been doing this a year. I think for Jason and I, the um. The most difficult aspect of doing a podcast like this is timeliness. Which is, you know, you read so many articles that say the most important thing about, the most important aspect of running a successful podcast that people will listen to is you have to be timely. You have to upload at the same time, the same days, all the time, and you can never miss one or else people will, you know, not quote-unquote trust your upload schedule and they will lose interest. We found that very difficult just with life and everything. This podcast is a way that Jason and I connect and kind of force each other to um, to listen to stuff we like or watch stuff we like or read stuff we like or play stuff we like. And so it's kind of, it's this is going to sound bad and I don't mean this in a, you know, uh, dismissive way, but it's really for us, you know, it's it really is. And then it's also for the conversation that, you know, our podcast spark with we you know i know that only a couple people listen to this but a lot of them are friends of ours and we see you guys out and about and you say oh hey i checked out that album or that film or that game or whatever and here's what i thought or here's what i'm playing or listening to and i absolutely cannot tell you how much we love that uh so i think i think we have also over the past year welcome back over the past year, we've really tried to make our reviews better and more, not formulaic in a in a bad way, but tried to go more consistent. This, well, this is the album, this is the title, here's what it sounds like. On these tracks, this happens. I liked this about it, but I didn't like this about it. Here's what I would have changed, you know, like, because there's a certain flow that a good interview has. Yes. And we've tried to become very intentional about that, and it's really hard. So yeah, I think that that's probably the thing we've improved the most. And we've tried to chip away at brevity too. We'd like to see these episodes, except for this one, because we knew this one was going to be a yeah. monster. Just because of the nature of it. We'd like to see the episodes be about 45 minutes long. I feel like that's you know a pretty fantastic length yeah. for being able to say quite a bit, but also 
people not downloading it and then looking at it and going, oh my lord, it's an hour and 15 minutes. I'm when do I ever have time for and that? And then yeah. they just never listen to it, right? This one will be like an hour and a half, though, so, yeah. Yeah, well, it's the year-end special. Yeah, it's okay. or the year-beginning special. So, yeah, what I, what I yeah. basically said to everybody was the most difficult thing is punctuality. Yeah. About getting episodes up because we get like a good lead like we'll get a two and then we get lazy and then we get lazy because we got hey we got you know four weeks until we have to put up something new (laughs) so we really need to work on that but you know and feel free to hit us up with any suggestions at all that you have about the show also stay tuned to the end when we will announce an exciting new thing yes okay so to recap up to this point 68 was an honorable mention from both of us. Second place for me and first place for you. Um, Robert Plant was your fifth favorite, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Mm-hmm. Lord was an honorable mention for me, or for you, and was fifth for me. Gang of Youths was fourth for me. John Mark McMillan was an honorable mention for me and was third for you. Um, Alex Cameron has not come up for me yet. Um, and <laughs> was so uh, subtle. fourth for you. Yeah. The National uh, was third for me and hasn't come up for you. And then Kendrick was second for both of us. Yeah. Okay. So my number one album of the year, what do you think it's going to be? And does this surprise you? I couldn't even lot. get... It does surprise me. Yeah. It, it truly does. So here's the thing. My album of the year is Forced Witness by Alex Cameron. Typically with albums, and this is not my sole indicator, and I think I'll hopefully be able to explain myself well. Typically with albums, if I listen to an album I really like, like say any of these in, in my top 10, you listen to them and it's kind of like all you want to listen to for a few days or whatever, and then it tapers off. And then eventually, if it's a really great album, it'll have staying power. Six months, a year, two years later, it's still part of your regular rotation. Um, like Kendrick's in there or whatever. You listen to them like a couple times a month here and there when you feel it. With Forced Witness, do you know what time it came out? Like spring? Um, Because I definitely was listening to it in the summer. I think it came out in the early summer. That's like, I want to yeah. say June time. Or Ever since like it's come out, that is always like in my top three or four albums of what I want to listen to at any given time. Always. I wrote here, my hero, the duo, the man, the boys, the man, the myth, the legend the Alex last year Grant heaped praise as we already said on his first album Jumping the Shark Um, and I enjoyed it as well to a lesser degree I thought it was good but I think it earned like an honorable mention for me or something I thought it had issues yes I would just like to say I think that Force Witness is better than Jumping the Shark now I used to think that Jumping the Shark was superior just because it was weirder but I think Force Witness is the superior craftsmanship thing yeah, I had some significant, if not crippling, issues with Jumping the Shark where I thought it sounded a bit too samey or its whole thing was that it was stripped down. I thought it was a bit too stripped down, a bit too loopy. Still a good album, though. Forced Witness, you could not have asked for a better follow-up. Um, Alex's new minimum new album is at minimum as well-written as anything else released this year. Yeah, um, well, probably. I would put Gang of Youths and The National and Kendrick all up there, all up at the top. But I think that Alex, at worst, hangs with all of them. Um, his new album is like the, the songs are cutting, they're emotional, they're catchy, and they're often hilarious. I think that um, 
not all bands by any stretch should be or need to be like funny or tongue in cheek. I just don't think like you look at some of the great artists of all time, uh, like Nick Cave or whatever is just not <laughs> funny at all. Oh, I think um, he can be very. Funny. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh, Maybe that's yeah. a bad example. I don't know. I th- yeah, I think that is. Say the National. Yeah, the Na- <laughs> The National is one of the most straight faced bands ever. <laughs> And and I musically. Don't, yeah, musically, I mean. Yeah. And I think that they should stay that way. But at the same time, humor is a part of life. And I think if to be an artist that accurately can encompass all aspects of life, as one of the great musicians of all time, Leonard Cohen, did, you have to have that glimmer in your eye. And I think Alex Cameron does that so well to such a massive extent. Um, he seems to both take his music as seriously as can be, but also think it's one big joke at the same time. I don't know how he does that. But that's just the vibe I get. I think his tracks blend uh, blend perfectly together. They have their own individuality. I could like probably list the tracks all in order because they're individual, but they all flow together. Um, production value value is so far past jumping the sharp. Jumping the sharp. Jumping the sharp. That was. Uh, Anyways, never mind. I was going to make a bad joke. Jumping the Shark sounded like a B-tier band. You know, for better or for worse. It's just what it was. Um, but this is clean. It's clear. It sounds big. It's fantastic. It carried over, in my opinion, all the best parts of his first album, like the synths and stuff. They're still there. They're still intact. But they've been supplemented um, and changed out for for different instruments. And I think, like, more, bigger, better and sometimes that can seem like a bad thing, like, oh, he's lost the appeal of a small artist. But it's still very much there. You look at his social media. It's all part of an artist, right? Every aspect. He interacts with his fans so well. His album art is hilarious. It's like him standing sunglasses back turned to this window that has the shutters down. Um, but there are people, like, prying open the shutters and taking pictures with their phones and stuff because... His persona is someone who wants to think he's cooler, more famous, better than he really is. Um, Basically, almost everything is perfect, and what's not perfect is very, very good. Um, As always, there's still some room for improvement. I thought this was a clever little pun. But the room for improvement has been downgraded from a mid-sized bedroom to the world's smallest crawl space. It's the album of the year. Still don't really like the Chihuahua. Thing. And I just want to say, too, I think it's such a... Re- it is a wildly refreshing thing to hear good music that makes you chuckle. Yes. And it doesn't make you chuckle in a kind of... You're laughing with him, but also at him. And I just think it takes a really clever person to pull that off. And it's just so very, very... Like I said, it's very refreshing to hear music that's excellent and funny um and i i had the unparalleled pleasure of meeting alex cameron at a show he did in toronto along with roy who plays saxophone and he's kind of alex's partner and they were they they had had a really rough go of it getting across the border they had lost a significant amount of their band at the border and because of that we're playing to you know backing tracks but the room was completely packed out it's probably 150 people and the room just ate it up and loved his new stuff probably more or as much as his older songs that he played and then after 
Alex, you know, said from the stage, please stay around, have a drink with me. I would absolutely love to get to meet you all. And that is exactly what he did. He stood around and had drinks and he's extremely tall and chatted with everybody. And I got in line and got him and Roy to sign some stuff. I bought a bunch of merch from Roy and chatted with Roy about his thoughts on Canada and a whole bunch. And they are just fantastic guys, you know, from that. They're just so, so, um, eager and excited to meet you in a very real way. And, and, uh, it's such a beautiful thing when you can go up to somebody who you admire so much and feel no astonishment that you're speaking to them. And it's just, it feels right Uh to be interacting with them on a personal level. And that is so very rare and so very beautiful and so very missed by the music industry. Where's Lord from New Zealand? Yeah. I just realized this, this is an aside. How weird is this out of my top five? I never thought of this until right now. Two of my top five artists are from Australia, and one is from New Zealand. That was weird. Hey, they're making good music over there. Holy jeez. Okay, my number one, you know what it's going to be. Yeah. We all know what it's going to be. I'm surprised. Is Sleep Well Beast by The National. Here's the thing, okay? I never learn when it comes to The National. Every listening experience is the exact same, and I've written it down here for clarity. Step one. You put the record on, you listen to it through, and you go, uh, it's not great. It's definitely not their best. In fact, it could be their worst. And then the step two is you listen to it a couple more times, and you go, oh, this is good, you know? And then step step three would be, oh, I actually really like this. And then step four is weeping openly. <laughs> weeping, weeping without cessation. You think about the song, and you start to weep about how heartbroken and miserable you are and how much you want... <laughs> and how happy you how are much, about it. How much you want wine for some weird reason <laughs> and to dress in a suit. <laughs> a crumpled suit. The National make... And I know I... I think I addressed this when we reviewed the this album previously. They make basically the same album over and over. And in no world should they still be good. But somehow it's okay. The crying in a tux thing should be passe and boring, but it is the opposite of that. Still, I don't know. Like, my brain, sincere, and I was sitting listening to them. You probably heard me playing them right before we were recording. And I was trying to think, what are they doing that is working so well continually? And I have I have no idea. It's so, it's, it's just amazing. It's so beautiful. These, these weird little snapshots of real life and they're so oddly specific at times that it just lends this immediate realism to them i think perhaps what makes it so successful or at least a big part of it is maybe better than anyone else i feel like i'm using a lot of superlatives but it's been a superlative year for music Mm -hmm. um better than maybe anybody else matt berenger combines these universal themes of like um to love or to reminisce with these very specific examples and it's a theme that we can all relate to and then these specific examples that lend credibility they really bring them to life yeah exactly uh the i think one of the reasons why things keep working for the national when they release album after album is they consistently change just enough and they consistently seem to pick 
certain areas that they just tweak or sharpen in little ways and it just adds some new facets to their sound and on this album that would be some kind of like really gritty sleepy synth beats loads of piano all over the album um very prominently as well and synth keyboards and i didn't like any of that at first Mm -hmm. because the national are so one of the most entrancing things about the earlier albums is the intertwining guitar work of the two twins yeah. Yeah. who are both fantastic guitarists and who play almost unspeakably well together <laughs> and do amazing things and that sort of thing and now having just one on guitar and one on piano one on synths I was kind of shaky on it and there were there are several super overindulgent guitar solos on this album I think two that I can think of yeah, that are just mm, and I mean Turtleneck's not a great song Mr. Desner is not Jimi Hendrix. And he is also not even that guy from... Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. You know? Mm -hmm. And there are just these weird, kind of out-of-place, bluesy solos in one or two songs that... But it still wasn't enough to, to get me down. There are just... There are so many astonishingly good songs let's take a look at the track list and i'll kind of highlight all the ones that i think are like very good uh, okay where are we going okay they're doing here nobody else will be there great song yeah oh yeah uh low-key beautiful mellow the day i die, day I die. so good phenomenal T- shout it from the top of your lungs it's a heartbreaker you know walk it back weaker track eh, not very good system only dreams in total darkness Climbing back up, not at the top of the heap. Born to beg. Oh my lord, I will cry. Turtleneck. You don't like it. I absolutely love that song so much. Empire Line. Very good. Not a standout. Very good. I'll still destroy you. I'll still destroy you. Phenomenal. Guilty Party will make you cry openly. Corinne at the liquor store will make you cry openly. And Dark Side of the Gym will make you bawl your mother-loving eyes out. Dark Side of the Gym is one of their best songs they've ever written. And I remember listening to some of these tracks on YouTube and some one of the comments said, Dark Side of the Gym is the best song The National have ever written. And I said, yeah, right, okay. Now here I am, like an idiot. And I know that this is one of the top five songs they've ever written. I, like, I'll Still Destroy You, then Guilty Party, then Current at the Liquor Store, then Dark Side of the Gym. I'm sure it exists. I'm not willing to throw another superlative <laughs> out because there are too many already floating around. I'll just say this. I can't think of four consecutive tracks ever written that are all that good. On an row. album. Yeah. And they're, and the weird thing, like Guilty Party, what is it? It's a piano-driven sad song. Current at the Liquor Store, <laughs> what is it? It's, it's a, a piano-driven piano sad song. song. Dark Side of the Gym, what is it? It's a keyboard-driven sad song. But and yet, good sad songs. I can't believe how good they all are. I cannot articulate how good these songs are, how beautiful they are, and how much I have welled up listening to them driving home late at night in my car. Wow. This, the album, and like I'm saying, it's completely not perfect, but the production is, like it always is with the National, the production is beautiful and nuanced and layered and textured and colorful and all the stuff that you want from production. 
you know, uh, and there there are a few mess songs on there, but they do not have a chance of making me love this album any less. Yeah. It's got too many songs that are phenomenal on it, that are classics, that I know I will listen to when I'm 45, and I know I will weep hugely because I'm thinking about me now, you know? And it's yeah. that weird connection that makes this my album of the year. And you get the feeling that it could have had six more mediocre tracks and it still would have been just as good. Exactly. Like, just the sheer volume of completely outstanding, just scintillating and lively songs that still have that sleepy, half-drunk, and completely miserable quality to them. I don't think miserable, though. I think just starry-eyed. Well, starry-eyed, but also slightly miserable maybe there's know. a misery to the national yeah. but you are right it's not it's not complete it's not without sadness. it's not like without happiness yeah um, it's a complete melancholic yeah that's yeah, what it exactly. is exactly that's what it is so i've tallied up the brothership albums of the year um we actually had two ties oh really um in terms of points so i assigned one will be damn course i signed the first place album with seven points like for each of us yeah we each contributed seven points losing one point per place with the honorable mentions having one and two points kind of thing um i broke the ties both with my rankings because one of them that was in the tie which was gang of the youth was in the tie for fifth i bumped out which made me really sad because only one of us like gave it accolades so i figured yeah as much as it i could have <laughs> made the argument that it's tied in there I know, I know um and then the other thing that was in a tiebreaker was uh the top two albums but since they were second and third on my list and i said that they were interchangeable i like gave it the credit so you'll understand yep um the good ship brothership's fifth best album of the year is melodrama by lord that's had your lowest honorable mention but my uh, but like like we were saying also i can't believe that there were seven albums that were that i know i cannot believe it. do you want to go from seventh that make more sense oh okay so seventh is Carry Fire by Robert Plant. Okay. Got yeah. no accolades from me, but yeah, got on your list um, so as good. fifth. Um, sixth best or second honorable mention is Gang of Youths, which had my fourth place. It's Fair. you yeah. one day you'll get it. <laughs> um fifth place is Lord, as we said, Melodrama. Yep. Fourth place is John Mark McMillan. Yeah. Mercury and Lightning. Has what to be, an album. Because it got my top honorable mention it's and took your so, third place. It's so beautiful. Uh third place is Alex Cameron. Um, yep. And Alice Cameron is only one point behind the two that were tied in a dead heat. Okay. Um, and that would be Sleep All Beast and Kendrick. Damn. Yeah. So That's a since, perfect top Since seven. I said that Kendrick and the National... How fantastic is that? That's like better than mine. Since I said that Kendrick and the National were uh, basically interchangeable for me, I gave the National the bump. So technically... Kendrick is second oh, that's with superb. 12 points, and the National is first with 12.1. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a fantastic yeah. amalgam. So the Good Ship Brothership album of the year by a tiny margin is Sleep Well Beast by The National. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's it's the fantastic. album we agreed on. It and Damn are the albums that we agreed on most as universally perfect. Yeah. And you I can... can like... wow. It's the national is just a weaponized album. It's a weaponized ball of sadness and nostalgia yeah. and grief that if you play some of these sadder tracks at any point in time, you get sucked right in like a black yeah. hole. Not like a black hole, like a velvet navy hole. <laughs> and you're just swirling around crying and going like, Oh, it could have been <laughs> It's true. 
So I now note, I want to note one more thing before we go. Lordy, we're at like yeah, I know. 40 minutes. This will be this quick. Fantastic. It is interesting. This was really a three horse race. I should have been saying points as we went. Um, so up to fourth place, fourth place was John Mark McMillan had a total of seven points, seven. Then after that, Al Cam had 11, Kendrick had 12 and the national had 12. Yeah. So Kendrick, Al Cam and the national are the three top dogs. Yeah. Which is probably fair. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to do a bit of a rapid fire questiony thing. I'm going to oh, say yeah. you didn't get, you didn't write any incidentals down. Did you? I'll make them for you on the spot. To. No, I've got I a bunch of them. I'll we can, do, I will. We can share. Okay. Okay. Let's share. Uh, so we're going to do some incidentals, like best, you know, haircut, except for that's not one of them. Uh, okay, um, and then after that, we'll make a couple quick announcements, say goodbye, and then we're, we're going to leave. Okay, so best song of the year. <laughs> or it doesn't have to be the best, just whatever kind of comes to mind. Because I know Can I list is. a couple and then say, like, I'll pick one, but then list yeah, a few yeah, that yeah. I if think it helps, are right If it'll there. help you to okay. talk out loud. So... The one that has to be, but there are so many that are right up there, is Dark Side of the Gym. Has to be my song of the year. But. Wow. But I would say that, like, Country Figs and Candyman, Alex Cameron's album, are right up there. Please do not underestimate Gang of Youths. (laughs) Do not let your spirit wane is right, is like at the top. Persevere is at the top. Um,. The title track is pretty close, and then Liability on Melodrama. Yeah. But, like my gut says, Dark Side of the Gym made me want to be sad the most. (laughs) Alright, do you know what my answer is going to be for that, Jason? Something off John Mark's album, I don't know. Yeah? No, I don't know. You don't know what my favorite song of the year is? Dark Side of the Gym. Are you sure? No, Liability. I told you a lot what I I thought the best song of the year was. Liability? No. What is it? I said for so long no. that Sign of the Times by Harry no, Styles that's, is the song of the it's year. It's not. It's not. You're right. Dark Side of the Gym by yeah. The National is the song of the year. There is no other song. And that <laughs> I did not say that just because you said I was going into this. I was planning on doing a, a, a flip on you Interesting. like that. Because I said so much. Like, Sign of the Times Sign of the Times. That. Sign of the Times is the pop song of the year. No, Liability is the pop song no, of the year by liability far. Liability is not a pop song. Okay. Whatever. You can have that. Okay. This this is where it's going to get tricky, okay? Best title, and this could be for a song or an album. And this is where it gets very subjective. You don't know, you know, uh, is this good? Okay. I'm going to consult some notes here. Um, I have... Okay, hang on. <laughs> this is good podcasting. Okay, I have three things to nominate, Okay. Okay. And these are all very quick. Yeah. So first is one that we never talked about on the podcast literally at all. Okay. And that is Microtonal Flying Banana by King Gizzard <laughs> and the Lizard Wizards. We didn't talk about we didn't that. Because I didn't listen to it. God bless well, them. Well, I didn't listen to it. People. Um, there's this band. How many albums did they put out this year? Five. <laughs> they put out five albums this year. We didn't talk about them because it's not like it's good. It's okay, but it's not that good. But the band is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and their band was Microtonal Flying Banana. No, their album was was Microtonal Flying Banana. So I have to put that up there. Yeah, that's Um, true, yeah. Are we doing song or album titles, or both? Song or, yeah. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I would say um, Do Not Let Your Spirit Wane seems like, it might seem like waxing poetic or whatever, but it fits, it pairs well with Go Farther in Lightness. Yeah. I tear up literally every time. I know you might not get it. That's okay. Um, and then I would say 
Shoot, I forget my third one. Well, that's poopy, isn't it? Okay. Oh, Wilder Love, because I just love the concept. Wilder Love is great. John Mark yeah. Ruffalo explained it so well. Yeah. Uh, and he's got some other really great titles. Well, Mercury and Lightning is interesting, because Mercury, Mercury is the god is of commerce. Yeah. Um, although, I would have to say... I still... Uh, Dark Side of the Gym is such a good it title. It is. I like, thought of that, it's too. It's such an evocative and amazing... And for the longest time, I thought of a place you would go to work out. Like, I'm going to go to the gym. And oh, then I no. completely realized that he's talking about a high school dance. Yeah. And uh, that kind of, like changed the whole meaning of the song for me so i think dark side of the gym would be up there for me but honestly i have to give this one to alex cameron for his song stud muffin 96 oh i forgot all one word because that's just the fact that he used okay stop just the fact that he used like what i hope is a facetious screen name for some chat group or whatever and it is stud muffin 96 that is so evocative of everything. It's true, yeah. Everything that Force Witness the album kind of works towards. So I think I'll give it to him. I think I'll give it to him for Stud Muffin '96. I get nervous when Sonar's not up. I just want to see if it's still recording. <laughs> We're still going. Yes. If we lose this episode, I'm gonna shoot myself in the head. Yep. Same. I might do it anyway. Okay. Best album cover. Uh, let me quick look over this. I know, I need to think as okay. well. This is kind of, we're going to have a lot of, okay, I'm going to scroll through my list and shout out, like, very good ones, okay? Yeah. And I'm going all the way to the bottom. Okay, can I just say, yeah. I hated this, the cover for Wonderful, Wonderful. I also yeah. hated the title. Yes. Wonderful, Wonderful. Like, it just sounds so stupid. Uh, Frick it. I'm still looking. I would just like to say, Melodrama is a beautiful cover oil painting of lord <clears throat> has characters very evocative somehow of the colors of the album the tones and everything yeah. i think that um the title for mercury or the cover rather for mercury and lightning is completely beautiful i have a really good and one. really interesting i actually think that the harry tile style self-titled really? album is pretty good everything now by arcade fire beautiful yeah. cover you gorgeous win. cover you win you're right okay that is, but i still want to keep looking that is the best especially my version the version yeah. i pre-ordered for cd the dawn version or whatever they call it mm-hmm. um i would say that that's my favorite album of the year yeah you're completely right um, that is a beautiful cover then the other two i would put up there um as honorable mentions would be the melodrama one and the two parts viper cover i love yeah it's you just do, a good it's cover. cohesive yeah. isn't it no but arcade fire everything now beautiful cover <laughs> This this I'm sorry this these are getting like harder and harder. That's okay. Worst song on a fantastic album. See how difficult. <laughs> probably that is? turtleneck. I I would I would honestly probably have or to God. say walk it back. Really? Uh, off sleep well beast. I would say either turtleneck off but sleep well beast or God off damn. But oh, God is like a mediocre song on on the Good Ship Brothership's really barely second best album of the year. Yeah. Don't judge me. My mama cover me with a strap. Don't judge me. Yeah, I think we yeah. should give it to oh, yeah. God by Kendrick Lamar. We should be writing these down. Nope. Okay. Biggest chorus. The chorus is just like, wow. Like, wow. And you know what I'm going to say for uh, this. Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. Suck it. Um, <laughs> that chorus think. is huge. Just stop your crying. It's a sign of the times. Uh. We gotta get away from here. We got to get away. I would maybe say, um, honestly, 
I might say The Man by The Killers for the biggest chorus. Yeah, that's fair. Not even necessarily the best one, but just like that. Do you, so you really don't think that Sign of the Times has any merit? I'll, no. Like, I'll give it to you. Okay. I don't, like, the album was probably a six and a half out of ten. But we okay. don't need to get into that. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't think the album was, like, fantastic. That song's really good, yeah. I just, Sign, Sign of the Times yeah. is, like, an unusually good pop song. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, And one that I never tired of hearing on the radio, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that song still. Okay, now this one is I love more... how long this podcast is. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Not sorry at all, actually. Okay, so this one's a little bit self-serving, because I have my answer completely oh, okay. ready. Best guitar riff. Um, Hang on. What's the two parts Viper one that's in either ear? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah high five. Brother shit. That that's death is a lottery, yes. I believe. Let me check. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, came death up, is a I came up with that instantly. That guitar riffs. Every time Good. you can't listen to that quiet. Every time I hear that, it's like crank that radio. Yeah, fantastic. If it wasn't then, so late, we could play that now. This is kind of just blanket. I suppose... This is a tough one, but I think okay. we're going to pick the same right. person. Best lyrics. Okay, let's say it in, on the count of three. Okay, ready? Okay. No, no, no. Give me, it's going to be some, three, no, two, wait, wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. But, yeah, Jason, no, just second. come on. No, not, like, not okay, for a okay. song, for a person. Okay, ready? Best lyrics. Three, two, one. Alex, Alex Cameron. Cameron. Yes. Yes, Alex. His lyrics are so witty, they're so funny, and they're so beautiful as well. My top four are all so perfectly written. Gang of Youths, The National, Kendrick Lamar, and Alex Cameron are all world class. But I think I have to go with Alex. Yep. It's probably why and, you're right. And first. also, like, The National, they're... Yeah. Matt Berninger's lyrics are just, like, infallible. I should have said Bono. Almost. <laughs> then I would have just split in half and west. Your body would have just yeah. wilted. Okay, so... We've reached the end of our very beautiful like albums of the year extravaganza. I felt like it well it went very well, exceptionally well, as it did last year. Um, if you thought we missed out on anything really big or indeed anything really small, please, 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 please message the Facebook page, uh, leave a comment. I'll put this up on YouTube. Leave a comment, uh, like, share, subscribe, <laughs> tell your friends about us and your mom. Um, yeah, so we've got we've got a little bit of an announcement for what we'll be doing in the new year. It's very exciting. I'm extremely excited about it. Yeah, personally sure. speaking, we're going to bring the Good Ship Brothership to you to, to the you. port to the port in your town. What we're going to be doing is kind of traveling around with a little mobile setup, a very minimal setup. Requires nothing on your part. It's going to be a little uh, mobile voice recorder, and we're going to do shows with those of you who wish to be on if it's only three of you we'll just do three if it's you know 10 of you well we'll just do three probably (laughs) no but seriously if you have if there's some if there's a something in gaming music literature film that you want us to see to experience to review to talk about with you reach out message us give us a shout call me i don't care whatever message the page I tell think- us, say, hey guys, this is what I would like you, this is a film I would like you to talk about. When when can we get together? And you can maybe come here, we can come to you, whatever, whatever, and we will bring something to the table as well for you to experience that you maybe might have uh, missed out on, and we'll just kind of 
have a, a beautiful roundtable discussion just like we do, except it's a square table, just like we do already. Yeah, I mean, the podcast has always been... This sounds like a like a big podcaster's cop-out thing to say, but honestly, there is basically no one who listens, so it's true. Yeah. It's all about sparking discussion with, yeah. like, the literally 10 people who listen to this, which I'm totally okay with. Hey, everybody. Um, hey, everybody. And so, in the past, we've recorded this, and then we, like, see our friends later, or, like, we're messaging Johnny or whatever, and then we have the discussion then. Yeah. But instead, let's just do it on the show. Yeah. Get it out of the way, then I don't have to talk to you guys later. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah. yeah. So, that that's kind of our, our larger announcement just for the next and one more as, thing aside from that we'll kind of be steady yeah. as she goes one more thing i just want to say this i don't know if this will make a difference if you're like oh i want to do this but i don't know like if you're just worried that you wouldn't be good at it or whatever it's not that hard no it truly we just talk like, about it it's, it truly is i mean so, i i highly doubt yeah. that we make it seem no difficult. i know i know <laughs> i heard i don't think we make it seem professional but i'm just saying yeah. if you're if you would want to, but you're worried that it wouldn't be good enough or something, we have no standard because we have nothing to live up to. Yeah, like, yeah, honest, so just, come like, on, it'll in, be fun. In yeah. all sincerity, it it is a very chill atmosphere. Yeah. All you got to do, and if you need, you know, if you want to ask us how we make our notes or anything like that, feel free to. There's really no secret to it at all. You just kind of go with what feels correct and uh, and what makes sense to you at the time and you just kind of fly from the seat of your pants and it's i think i think uh anybody would have a ton of fun because yeah. we did uh, was with it in jerks with yeah. randy and derek with the national our, and muse <laughs> yeah two of our best uh friends and uh i think they were weirded out at first by just the whole setup and everything they got into it but they really enjoyed it at the end and neither of them are anything close to the attention hogs you and i are that's true they're both very shrinking violety very <clears throat> wallflowers mm-hmm. milk toasts cowards yes. yeah they're losers actually yeah. but we yeah so anyways before this hits two hours should we come to our conclusion <laughs> um thank everybody for a wonderful year yes thank we you all. honestly could have done it without you but it's been really fun to have these discussions but it would have been completely uh, useless it's true my hopes for next year basically include more of the same i hope we get better uh, we've often discussed off air kind of thing I mean, it would be fine if we got an audience, but I'm honestly not in it for the audience. I have no plans to stop because there's such a small audience. It's not about that at all. When you were in the um, bathroom, I said, not to sound callous, but this really is for us. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like it's for yeah. you and me. It's so that so that you and I can push each other to experience new things and so that we can share forcibly a lot of the time <laughs> so we can share things that we are excited and passionate yeah. about and all we want to do honestly is just spread the passion around just a little bit spread the yeah. excitement just a little bit and even if that means you know you hear a couple albums or you see one film that you might not have you might have missed otherwise we've completely succeeded yeah and what i would like to see in the next year is just us be more punctual with our you know episodes going up on time and you know not miss a single upload is that our new year resolution that that would be my <laughs> one new year's resolution not miss a single upload and uh aside from that that we would stay the course and that we'd have a lot of people on the show because yeah. i'm very excited i'm i'm almost i'm almost too excited for words yeah. because i know that and so many of our friends We'll just leap at the opportunity to be like, I told you to watch this movie yeah. for three years. 
now is the time you have to do so. And I'm willing and excited to have anyone on who they want to, but there are also quite a few people I want to have on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Joseph, I'm coming for you. Yeah, we are going <laughs> to. Whether you want it or not. Find you and we will poke you. <laughs> okay. Big love. Love you guys. Thank you all Peace for out. a lovely year. Bye. Maybe Thelonious Monk should be the album of the year. Shh.